Hi, Royals fans. This is J.J. Piccolo. The University of Kansas Health System is the official health care provider of the Kansas City Royals. And gone! Trust the same experts who make the right call for the Royals and go to kansashealthsystem.com slash royals. My own little paradise. Brad, however, hates yard work. The only thing I hate more than cutting the grass is paying someone to cut the grass. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with GEICO. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Sarah and Brad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard. Time to get it done. And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at GEICO.com. I can't believe tax season is here already. But look at all this info I have to enter. Phil's small accounting firm is growing in numbers. Why didn't I take that typing class in high school? A data entry specialist could really help him in a crunch. I got blisters on my fingers. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome in. Happy noontime. Shane Dennis Show. Jack Johnson alongside, as usual. Here is how you can be part of the show or just sit back and enjoy it. Call us, 316-669-4996. That's the hotline. You can text us. That's the text line. 316-247-0923. Tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ, 92.3. Tune in, ESPNWitch.com if you want to stream it. 92.3 FM on your radio. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. Riverfront Stadium Studios, where we are today. It is March 13th, 72nd day of the year. 293 days left in 2023. We're headed for a high today of 44 degrees here in Wichita. All right. Hopefully everybody's off to a good start to your week. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. And most of it centers around Wichita State's men's basketball program. So, so many questions to ask and potentially answer. Not sure how many answers we'll get today, but there's plenty of stuff to kick around for sure. Because Isaac Brown is out, and we will, I don't know, if we'll get to the bottom of what needs to happen at Wichita State men's basketball or not. But we will cover all the ground and then pick up the pieces and see what we come up with. But Kevin Saul has made an announcement. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, let you know what that said if you missed it regarding moving on from Isaac Brown after three years as a Shocker men's basketball coach. We'll talk about that here in this first segment and – Kind of look and see what's next in the second segment. So it's certainly worth a, worth a couple of segments talking about the uh, situation around Wichita State men's basketball, the cost, the new staff, who that might be, who's next, what's next. Will the players stick around? Which ones have to in order for this to be a good proposition, potentially, and – where did the money come from? All those questions 
we will kick around and ask and maybe answer um, in the first couple of segments of the first hour. we got the Twitter tournament coming to a head. That's the serial Sweet 16 down to the final four. That's today at ESPN Wichita. So a little levity coming up at uh, 1245 or so. Uh, really good voter turnout on the final four already. The uh, serial wars that we have been waging over the last week. Also, uh, we'll take a look at the field of 68. That announcement was made last night, of course. And Wichita State women's basketball teams going to the WNIT. So we'll talk about that in the second hour. KU bumped out of Kansas City, potentially, or the potential to go to Kansas City. That goes by the boards. Also, some audio from Norm Roberts and Jerome Tang, their reaction of where they went, or are going to go anyway, and the news about Bill Self being discharged from the hospital. All that stuff to get to in the 1 o'clock hour. And then at 125, uh, we got uh, some potential to talk NFL draft with a couple of trades being made already, which could uh, certainly reshape the top ten in the draft to who goes where. And I highly doubt we're done uh, trading picks when it comes to those in the top three or four and all seemingly uh, of the quarterbacks. I don't know. Maybe all four of them go in the top ten. But – We'll catch you up on who did what as far as trading back. The Bears started all that. And so we may have some uh, NFL draft talk coming up at 125. Um, kind of all depends. We might have some overflow, too, because there's a lot to get to and a lot to discuss. So, And then I'm old Jack Young, that's for sure, uh, coming up at 140 or so, March 13th style. So there's your show. Again, plenty to get to, and uh, we look forward to your participation. If you want to text us. Uh, 316-247-0923, fire away on the text line if you have thoughts on, especially in this first hour, if you have thoughts on the Isaac Brown firing um, and the aftermath therein. We'll cover it. We'll talk about it. Jack and I will kick it around over the next couple of segments, but give us your thoughts on the text line if you'd like. 316-247-0923. All right, Jack, before we get into what day it is in the Isaac Brown deets, how about a moment of levity here on a Monday? Shane, it's easier to convince ladies not to eat Tide Pods, but harder to deter gents. <laughs> Dad joke? It is. I got 200 of them. Nice, nice. Never enough. Today is March 13th. It's National Good Samaritan Day, recognizing the unselfish actions of those who provide help when needed. The day is also known as Good Samaritan Involvement Day. It's National Napping Day, recognizing our need, needing the day following the return of daylight savings time. Oh, I get it. Okay, okay. While preparing for the time change, it can offset the shock to our internal clock. Many other things in our life may not handle the change so well, causing us to lose sleep. Huh. Timely, timely. Happy National Napping Day. National Canine Veterans Day. National Jewel Day. Not the singer, 
the gyms. National Open an Umbrella in Indoors Day? Huh. I heard that's bad luck. Why would you want to do that? Open an umbrella in indoors and pay attention to whether or not you suffer any bad luck. Why would you tempt fate? Why don't, do we have a walk underneath a ladder day? Let a black cat cross your path day? What the hell are we doing here? National Coconut Tort Day. That looks glorious. And it's National Earmuff Day. And I'll tell you why here in a second. We've got uh, five more days to tell you about on March 14th. So tune us in then for that. All right, March 13th, 1877, Chester Greenwood of Farmington, Maine, received the first patent for earmuffs, hence National Earmuff Day. Jack, you care to guess how old Chester Greenwood of Farmington, Maine was when he got that patent? 18. 15. Ooh. How about that? I wonder if that made old Chester super rich. Good for him. Uh, Abbott and Costello, 1944, copyrighted their baseball comedy routine, Who's on First? 1956, Elvis Presley's self-titled first album was released. The album included blue suede shoes. 1969, Walt Disney released The Love Bug Nationwide. Starred Dean Jones, Michelle Lee, David Tomlinson, and Buddy Hackett. And a Volkswagen Beetle. Jack, what does The Love Bug have to do with horrible bosses? Oh, God. Uh, why, why do they have The Love Bug in there? What? Jamie Foxx's real That's name right. is Dean Jones in the movie. <laughs> MFR Jones? Yeah. I can't be walking around with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That was a stretch, but I thought maybe you'd, maybe you'd know. Um, the Incredible Hulk premiered on CBS in 1978. Bill Bixby starred as David Banner. Birthdays, Abigail Fillmore, the 14th First Lady of the United States. She married Millard. And uh, William H. Macy, award-winning actor, 1950, born on this day as well. Okay, so the uh, elephant in the room, the big news, of course, that uh, came down the pike this weekend. Very shortly after Wichita State was bounced out of the American tournament down in Fort Worth by Tulane, a game they should have won, by the way, um, it was announced that Wichita State is parting ways with Isaac Brown. A letter written by Wichita State Director of Athletics Kevin Saul read in part as follows. After a thorough evaluation and review of our men's basketball program, I have informed head coach Head men's basketball coach Isaac Brown, that we will be making a change in coaching leadership starting today. This was uh, actually two days ago. I want to thank Coach Brown and his contributions in support of Wichita State men's basketball. 
His love for our student-athletes and our program is unquestioned, and we are grateful for his investment in the lives of our student-athletes, serving as both assistant and head coach over the past nine seasons. Coach Brown is a man of character and integrity, and we appreciate everything he's done for our men's basketball program, especially during a significant period of transition. We wish Coach Brown and his family all the best in their next endeavors. A little later on in the statement says, Shocker Nation, your renewed and unwavering support is essential to restoring our program to national prominence. Please join us on this critically important and transformative new journey, a journey that will require enhanced investment to expand and align resources to expectations. While we conduct a comprehensive national search for our next head coach, I respectfully ask you to come together in continued support of the young men, coaches, and staff currently representing Wichita State University. Our student-athletes displayed great faith in choosing to attend and represent Wichita State University. I have no doubt that Shocker Nation will return a similar measure of faith and investment in them. There is no official timeline for the search process or an announcement of a new head coach, and I ask for your patience as we conduct an efficient and comprehensive national search. Sincerely, Kevin Saul. Um, a texter today, just now, has said, I am very disappointed in Kevin Saul's decision not to provide at least one more year. The COVID, NIL, and free transfer rules made the last three Browns diff- uh, three years difficult at best for Brown. Yet this year, Brown brought in 12 new players, had a winning record, and a team improved over the year. The team improved over the year. More importantly, he expanded the offense from Marshall's offense that only works with good three-point shooters. Thank you for your uh, text, Texter, and your your uh, assessment there. Appreciate you. If you got uh, thoughts on the text line, fire away, 316-247-0923. All right, so now for the nuts and bolts of Isaac Brown's short tenure as head coach, but pretty long tenure at Wichita State. Isaac was 40 and uh, 48 and 34. The last two years, however, 32 and 28 and 15 and 18 in the conference. I don't know, I, I don't pretend to have a great um, feel for the majority of Shocker Nation. It's hard saying whether if you had to put a percentage on it, how close to 50-50 it would be of those that wanted Isaac Brown out versus those that wanted him to stay. The vocal majority, I think it's safe to say, wanted him out. I don't think there was enough public outcry wanting him to stay versus wanting him out. Now, there's really only one or two important enough people that if they wanted him out, that could exert that kind of pressure on Kevin Saul. And those are big-time donors. And I don't know who necessarily they are, 
But we'll get into all that uh, in just a little bit. But Isaac Brown, the coach of the year in the American in his first year, um, bought out reportedly for $4 million. And so that now makes, in the last 28 months at Wichita State, two ex-basketball coaches still getting paid, one ex-athletic director still getting paid, and one ex-baseball coach still getting paid. Now, my first question before we get to who's next, will the players stay, uh, how long will the next coach's leash be, I'd like to know where the money came from. And if it hasn't come from anywhere yet, where is it going to come from? Jack, what are the odds, do you think, that somebody told Kevin Saul over the last, I don't know how many days or weeks, I'll write you a check if you make a change. What are the chances that happened? What are the chances, in theory, Kevin Saul's got a $4 million check in his hand? Uh, I think there's a, a decent chance that that could have happened because as we you know have discussed before, and not just with Wichita State, but any big program uh, at the Division One level, boosters have a lot of pull. Boosters can... Uh, persuade athletic directors to make changes. And I think in some scenarios, when you are a new athletic director, sometimes you are pushed to make immediate changes because when you are new to a school, people do want to see those changes rather quickly. They want to see new hires. They want to see things turn around rather quickly. And even though you know, Isaac Brown did not do a poor job at Wichita State, it's not like he came in here and was 10 and 22 or, yeah. or just was bottom of the conference. You know, you had to deal with a lot of turnover, like losing Ricky Council to Arkansas in the offseason. That hurt a lot and had to replenish this roster with a couple of guys through the transfer portal. And though, you know, missing the NCAA tournament is seen as a disappointment for Wichita State, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, that would have been a stretch at the beginning of the year when looking at this Wichita State roster. Like, with Isaac Brown just two years removed from winning, you know, the conference coach of the year, they made the NCAA tournament, were the regular season champions in 2020-2021. I think it's a, a bit of a rash decision, a quick move here, because with a guy like Isaac Brown, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. And you and I were talking about before the show, Shane, that Greg Marshall set maybe an unreachable goal for Wichita State for a couple of years. I mean, they were a one seed at one point before losing to Kentucky yeah. in the second round. They made the Final Four, and and of course, Wichita State could still reach those heights again. But in that mid-2010s era for Wichita State under Greg Marshall, they were unbelievably good. And maybe now it's a little bit tougher because you're in the American Conference, and the American Conference still has really good teams. You have Houston, who's the number two overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Cincinnati. But not for long. That's not, the problem. Not for long. Yeah, not for yeah. long. And and maybe this move uh, is just seen as, hey, you know, the, the conference is going to change up a little bit. We want to have a breath of fresh air. Maybe they believed, like, it was going to be heading down a path of mediocrity with Isaac Brown. It was going to be around 17 and 15 or 16 and 14, something like that, every single year. And you want to make that jump back to maybe 20 wins, 21 wins. But, yeah, I'm a little bit shocked after just two years being removed from winning the, the conference outright in the, in the middle of the regular season. So, you know, if this is seen as the right move, hey, I hope it really does work out for Wichita State because sometimes, you know, this can be met in a different couple of ways. Some people are going to go, wow, that's too quickly. And some people will say, damn, that's about time. Yeah. 
And, and the thing that I would add to your uh, suggestion there, Jack, regarding um, giving one more year, it, it's almost going to be a brand-new conference next year. Like, then you could wait and see, all right, is he going to go 18 and 15 when FAU, Rice, UNT, UAB, and others hop on board? If so, okay. You know, maybe it is time for a change. But getting back to your suggestion, this is this is the good and bad part about um, playing Russian roulette with coaches and then just shuffling them out. Um, I don't want to say willy-nilly, but really quickly. And that is the boosters or donors' um, influence on who coaches the team and where my money will go or not go if this guy stays, for example. Um, Texter pointed out astutely, should have gotten another year, but new ADs want their own people in there. Um, If a booster or a donor, and keep the text coming, guys and gals, if you want to, 316-247-0923. They have, Jack, ADs over a barrel. If they threaten to pull money or if you hire this particular guy, I'll funnel more money into the athletic program. I mean, what? Do you, how do you say no? And isn't that what is in some ways wrong with college athletics? I mean, there's been movies made about it. You know, Blue Chips, um, other movies where, you know, you're talking about under-the-table money and exerting some pressure on particular coaches or ADs, things like that. I mean, that that's real, man. Those boosters' pockets, however deep they are, and whatever um, influence they have on athletic directors, right or wrong, if, let's say, Jack, somebody out here in Wichita said, I want Chris Jans, and he's one of the, the names that's, that we'll kick around here in just a little bit, and Taylor Eldridge from the Eagle has done so too. Let's say uh, a booster said, if you get Chris Jans, I will contribute X amount to the university and the NIL package. Like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? No, I know. if I'm Kevin Saul, do I say no? I know what's best for the university, so I'm going to hire or at least go after this particular person and not the guy that you want. What are you going to do? Yeah, I think it's a really, really tough uh, spot that athletic directors are put in. I think about the current landscape of college basketball. Uh, you know, with the transfer portal and guys in year one being able to succeed. I mean, I think like Chris Jans at Mississippi State, Jerome Tang at Kansas State, Dennis Gates at Missouri. Different resources, different programs, different conferences. But at the same time, I think some schools that have had success in the past, they look at that and go, hey, it doesn't take two or three or four years anymore. You can go out to the transfer portal if you recruit and you recruit well enough and get this team back to the NCAA tournament. And maybe the booster, Shane, looked at Wichita State and said, hey, this conference is good. They have Houston. They have Cincinnati. They have Tulane that were competitive teams this year. 
But this is a conference that we should be competing in year in and year out because yeah, it's it's ripe for the taking now. It now is. We need to, yeah. And with Houston leaving next year, it absolutely should be a situation in which Wichita State can compete, assuming they make the right hire and assuming they're aggressive enough in the transfer portal. I think more so than ever in college basketball, it's not so much of the, well, you got to go recruit. It takes three or four years to mold those players. No, it's kind of like free agency in the NFL and MLB and the NBA. You go out and you get moves, or you make moves, and you get get guys that can fill your roster, and guys that maybe didn't get a lot of minutes at a Power 5 school, you can take your win total from 17, like it was for Wichita State this year, to maybe 21 or 22, and that gets you in to the NCAA tournament in the way that you know we've seen in the years past, like Cincinnati has. Uh, you know, in years past, like Temple could have. Uh, Tulane from time to time could have. I know I'm blanking the last time Tulane would have made the NCAA tournament. But, you know, you can make those jumps and those strides when you can just put yourself at the middle of the pack in the conference. But, again, I think that's why college basketball maybe is the downside of college basketball with the transfer portal. It's great for players. They can bounce around from school to school to school and find exactly where they want to play basketball. But as for coaches, sometimes you're on a shorter leash. Uh, They don't give you three years anymore. If you're not going to be competitive or get a team to the NCAA tournament within a year or two, you're already on the chopping block in year three. And I think that was proven with the firing of Isaac Brown. He had had a winning record, if I'm not mistaken, in all three years, right? Unless I'm missing what happened in year two. They were 16-6 and six in no, year one. 17-15 and 15, uh, a year ago, I think. But they were above 500. Above 500, years. above 500 yes. this year. Now, those didn't result in NCAA tournament bids. But I think you look at the roster and go, it just wasn't there. And I think with this current Wichita State team, the problem was you lost one of your stars in Ricky Council. And, you know, Craig Porter Jr., I thought did a great job kind of becoming Wichita State's star this year. But at the end of the day, uh, man, it is a cutthroat business more so than it ever has been in college basketball. Guys can be canned in two or three years if the expectation from the alumni and the boosters and the AD is, Man, we're not going to be waiting around two years of no NCAA tournament appearance. We want to get back to the level of winning conference uh, championships, winning in the regular season, testing ourselves in the non-conference. And maybe Wichita State can do that next year, but sometimes these moves can be very risky when you go and fire a guy after three years. Cause Careful what, what you wish for. What does that say to the next hire? Yeah. I got three years at minimum, or at maximum, excuse me. And if yeah. things aren't pretty in year two, I'm feeling a lot of heat in year three. Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to carry this over uh, for sure. There's still plenty of questions to ask. Um, how many players will stay? Which ones? Um, how much will the new staff cost? You're going to go after a name? It's going to cost you. Uh, how long will they get to Jack's point? All those questions uh, we need to ask and continue to kick around coming up in the next segment. Uh, Texter continues with, Jack is right, transfer portals changing everything. It would be nice to know your seniors on senior day. Uh, Yeah. Lee, a good listener of the program. It stinks that IB is out. I still don't know which way I lean, but he is out. Uh, He mentions Kellen Sampson. We'll talk about who's next, who might be next, or at least who's on the wish list. Uh, Taylor Eldridge put together a pretty good one. How realistic are some of these guys that are on the list? Uh, we'll find out, and we'll continue to talk about it. It's 1225. We come back, some more IB overflow. Uh, which players should stay? How much the new staff going to cost? And are the expectations at Wichita State basketball unrealistic nowadays? And did Greg Marshall set everybody up after him to a bar that might be unattainable? We'll talk about that next. It's 1226 here on Monday. 
You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Well, spring is coming, and you'll likely be more active, so feeling better is probably top of mind for you men out there. That's where Enhanced Wellness of Derby comes in. Enhanced Wellness Top Program is the Testosterone Optimization Program, T-O-P. It increases muscle mass and stamina while decreasing body fat. This will also get you looking better, but more importantly, feeling better. And speaking of feeling better, after a long night on the town, or maybe if you're just battling the flu, Enhanced Wellness can inject new life into you with their IV vitamin infusion. This will rehydrate you, but it'll also improve sleep, energy, and immunity. I like Enhanced Wellness because they'll give you a free assessment consultation in your very first visit. So stop by there, Enhanced Wellness, locally owned. For more information, visit EnhancedWellnessDerby.com or call or text them, 316-358-9780. That's 358-9780 or EnhancedWellnessDerby.com, Enhanced Wellness of Derby. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your body. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. When you celebrate this St. Patrick's Day, don't forget to reach for the authentic taste of Warbeard Irish Red. It's the perfect flavor to celebrate all things Irish. Handcrafted right here in the area, Warbeard Irish Red has that delicious malty flavor and mesmerizing ruby color you want in a classic Irish Red. You can find Warbeard at all the finest bars or restaurants or head to the store to pick up a 6 or a 12 pack. Warbeard Irish Red is the number one selling locally made craft beer in Kansas. Warbeard Irish Red, the official beer of your St. Patrick's Day celebration. We're going to need to fire up the plow, the big one. Forecast is six feet of snow and 66 new customers for Trin Snow Service. Hey, Terry. She needs more drivers before business melts away. What do you mean Dee can't drive? I thought he was certified. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Hoops fans, the place to take in March Madness is Dave & Buster's. So come join us for the Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse for hoops all day long on their giant 40-foot screens. 
Also, while you're there, register for your chance to win a signed Ochai Abaji jersey and other cool stuff, too. It's going down on Thursday, March Madness, only at Dave & Buster's with ESPN Wichita. We'll be at 2644 North Greenwich Court, Dave & Buster's. Who do you want to be the next basketball coach at Wichita State? Texas, 316-247-0923. Well, first of all, we'll start there. Who is a legitimate uh, head coaching candidate for Wichita State, and who will Kevin Saul target? Um, it all depends on your view of how you perceive, I suppose, how attractive Wichita State is as far as a coaching standpoint, facilities, support, money, all that stuff uh, plays into that, and all that is going to have a factor. Also, uh, and Jack brought this up in the last segment, I thought and think that depending on the core group of players that stick around, um, that will go a long way in determining how many games Wichita State wins next year. It's a really interesting dynamic. Are they going to stick around, not go into the transfer portal, and wait and see who the next head coach is going to be? Um, is the potential next head coach already been targeted? Is he already reaching out to these players to stay? I know Colby Rogers transferred in from Siena, didn't even get a chance to play, but he stuck around the whole time, which led you to believe that he's going to stick around and play next year. Or was that contingent upon Isaac Brown remaining as the head coach? So many of those questions, um, impossible to find answers to. But as Jack pointed out, if the next head coach is really good at manipulating the transfer portal, maybe it won't be a two- or three-year rebuild or a restart-up at Wichita State. Um, okay, so Taylor Brown, uh, Taylor Brown, Taylor Eldridge, a good friend of the Pulse, he's on weekly with Pat Strothman, um, put together a list of potential candidates for Wichita State, depending on what he's hearing. Um, he started with the Big Fish, and that's where, where we'll start. Big Fish, as far as Power Five coaches, and the first couple, or at least two of the first three, have ties with previous ties with Wichita State. Two of them have ties with the Greg Marshall coaching tree. The number one guy, or the guy at the top of Taylor's list, and probably if you just ask Joe Average Fan at Wichita State, the top guy would be Chris Jans at Mississippi State. He was an assistant under Greg Marshall from 07 to 14. Um, went to Bowling Green for one year. Was removed there for inappropriate behavior at a bar. Uh, did his penance, kind of. Returned to Wichita State as a special assistant. Basically was not a coach. Was not allowed to coach for a little while. And then he went to New Mexico State and pretty much won everything out there in the whack. Uh, led the Aggies to four NCAA tournaments in five seasons and got him the job at Mississippi State. 
They're in the first four this year, by the way. Um, 21 and 12 in the SEC. Um, if, and this is according to Taylor, if Jans could would return to Wichita, it could spark significant donations to the program and to the NIL collective. That's a big deal. But on the other hand, he is getting a base salary at Mississippi State of $2.4 million. It is unlikely, but I guess not impossible, that Wichita State could come up with that kind of money because Kevin Saul wasted no time in severing ties with Isaac Brown, who, according to uh, reports, his buyout's $4 million. So that goes back to my question in the first segment, where'd the money come from? Because if you ask anybody anywhere close to the athletic department at Wichita State, they are cash-strapped. And when you think about the last 28 months, they are now paying four people not to be here anymore, starting with Greg Marshall and now ending up with Isaac Brown. But anyway... Uh, like like we've talked about, all it takes is one check to take care of that. But to get Chris Jans to leave Mississippi State and come here probably seems like a, a bridge too far. But he's on the list, and Kevin Saul will probably call him just to give him the opportunity to say no. Another former WSU assistant who's having some pretty darn good success at a Power 5 program, Steve Forbes. I think if Steve Forbes were still at East Tennessee State, then Wichita State, that would be a fast track for him and a fast track for Wichita State to get back to where the fans would want Wichita State in many, many ways. Steve Forbes is very well-spoken. He is charismatic, and he's turned out to be a Really, really solid coach in both of his stays since he left Wichita State, and he's known for being a genius as far as the X and O's, is, X and O's are concerned um, and was a big part of that season where Wichita State went 35-1. and one. Uh, There's no word on how much he makes at Wake Forest because it's private, but it guaranteed he's in the neighborhood of what Chris Jans makes at, at uh, Mississippi State out of the SEC. Maybe a little less. Uh, hard to say, but there was a time that I would think that would have been the no-brainer hire, but since he's awake now, probably a little less of a chance. Uh, the third guy with ties at Wichita State, but not with ties with Greg Marshall, is 58-year-old Mark Turgeon, who used to be here um, back in the early 2000s, leaving in 2007 to go to Texas A&M, and then going to Maryland in 2011 before leaving in December of 2021. Said he was burned out then. Um, I'm not sure if, if he's a wild card or legit or somewhere in between as far as being on anybody's wish list and Kevin Saul's wish list, most importantly. I'm not sure about Mark Turgeon and if he even wants to get back into coaching. The real wild card here, according to Taylor Eldridge, is – Kelvin Sampson's kid, Kellen, who seems to be the coach in waiting uh, and at the very least his right-hand man to his dad, 
Um, he would, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Uh, first of all, it remains to be seen how much longer Kelvin Sampson wants to keep coaching, but going into the Big 12, I can't imagine that he would step down anytime soon. Uh, two, three, got to be at least two more years going into the Big 12 before he hands over the reins to Kellen, who seems to be the heir apparent. Um, but if he wants to branch out and have a head coaching gig before he goes back to Houston, I, I don't know. I don't know about that dynamic right there. Um, a couple of guys that I would keep my eye on, in other words, I'm kind of pushing my chips by these guys, depending on how much this first guy costs, and that's Oral Roberts head coach Paul Mills. They ran through the summit undefeated this year, um, and they are, I think they're playing Duke in uh, this year's NCAA tournament. But two other guys before uh, they joined the American, as pointed out by Taylor Eldridge, Kansas.com, Grant McCasland from North Texas and Dusty May from FAU, both have gotten those programs at least kind of sort of on the map, but they're coming to the Americans, so coming to Wichita State wouldn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But uh, I like, for what it's worth, ORU's Paul Mills, and I also think even though this guy is a real long shot, Vegas would probably put the odds uh, at astronomical if this guy's the guy, but Northwest Missouri's got a guy named Ben McCollum, and he's done nothing but win up there. And I got it on pretty good authority that it's only a matter of time before he's going to get a D1 job. And I don't know that it would make the masses, or more importantly, the check writers, happy enough to say that Ben McCollum of Northwest Missouri State is the next Wichita State coach. But he's certainly a guy worth keeping an eye on. Jack, any of those potential replacements for Isaac Brown strike your fancy, or do you have somebody else in mind? I listed out a couple of guys here. The one that I, I've tried to do digging with you know, coaches in the NCAA tournament and where their contracts are, I thought one guy that I immediately thought of um, due to kind of having a Winthrop connection because everybody knows Greg Marshall came from Winthrop as well, but Pat Kelsey, what he's done at Charleston uh, this year, 31-3, and made the NCAA tournament until I found out they gave him an eight-year con- or five-year contract this year. So Pat Kelsey's likely not going anywhere. I think if you wanted to go big-name guy with maybe some ties to the Conference USA or American Conference, you know, Josh Pastor was just fired by Georgia Tech, but you can mm-hmm. look at it and say when he was at Memphis, a non-ACC conference, you know, you're going to the American Conference there, he was pretty damn good at Memphis. Twenty four and ten his first year, twenty five and ten, twenty six and nine, thirty one and five, twenty four and ten, eighteen and fourteen, nineteen and fifteen. So it didn't end as strongly as his start at Memphis, but maybe you look at that and go, Okay, he's a guy with, you know, familiarity with the conference. Maybe he got too big for his britches and going from the American to the ACC, where you're competing against North Carolina, Duke, Miami, Virginia, and so on and so forth. So you could go with a bigger name higher like that. Um, another guy that you could go with with more experience, and he's been around a long time, though he has been a little bit underwhelming 
over the last you know, 15 years or so. You could go with maybe Mike Anderson. You know, Mike Anderson, over the course of his long coaching career between UAB, Missouri, Arkansas, and St. John's, he made the NCAA tournament a couple of times. I thought he was uh, somewhat successful at Arkansas in the mid-2010s for a little bit. He had his years at Missouri when he won 31 games in 2008, 2009, won 23 back-to-back years in 2009. 2010, 2011, uh, but at St. John's it never really took off, and once again, you could look at that and say, okay, he's a guy that at least has a lot of Power 5 uh, conference experience, but maybe it goes back to his days where he was at the Conference USA with UAB, made the NCAA tournament three times in all three consecutive years, were regular season champion 2003, 2004. You want to go more of an experience route? Maybe you go with Mike Anderson. Um, another guy that came to mind to me, uh, Mark Madsen of Utah Valley. They're another team that you know won their regular season championship this year. They were twenty five and eight, twenty and twelve the year before, and that was after two years in a row where he went eleven and nineteen, and then eleven and eleven. So kind of a a rebuilding type of coach. But Utah Valley was pretty good this year in a mid major conference like the WAC, going twenty five and eight. Um, how about this? You know, maybe Porter Moser. Maybe you can draw Porter Moser away from Oklahoma. It has not gone well the first two years for the Sooners under Moser, but of course he was thriving in the MVC with Loyola yep. Chicago. Loyola. You know, yep. Made the Final Four, conference tournament champions multiple times, regular season champion three times with Loyola Chicago. Maybe he's looking at Oklahoma right now, though he's making a lot of money. He's in the Big 12. You could say, hey, why should I take a step down, go back to a mid-major conference like the American, and even with Houston leaving? Well, maybe that's exactly why he'd think that, going, it's not working out here. Instead of me waiting around to get fired, yeah, I could yeah. – take another job and get back that level of respectability by turning Wichita State around. But uh, those are kind of some of the... What would be more lucrative for Porter Mosier? Uh, Stick around to get fired or have Wichita State buy him out? I wonder which one... I wonder which would be more. That I have I like him. I think he's a really good coach. And I think he is in a buzzsaw conference. And that's what you want, I guess, when you're an up-and-comer. But it's kind of like what we talked about in the last segment. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for, Shocker fans, in case this next hire doesn't work out. Be careful what you wish for when you go from a mid-major to a Power 5 conference and you don't win right away. Uh, Your shelf life isn't much. And then where do you turn? Yeah, I think it all comes down to how Wichita State views themselves. And and here's the thing. I think Wichita State – is one of the more oddities in college basketball over the last decade because it was not long ago that Wichita State was one of the top teams in college basketball. I mean, I know that Gonzaga... That's the problem. I want to yep. stop you right there because I wanted to get there. Is the expectations around here, are the expectations around here unreachable? Have we turned into uh, Nebraska football fans and <laughs> Florida State football fans? Like, what is going to be good enough and how long, whoever's next, I got these two things written down, expectation and how long will they get. If the next head coach is 38, well, what was IB's record? If the next head coach after three years is 48 and 34 and 15 and 18 in the mm-hmm. American, are we going to fire them too? Like, where do we draw the line here? That's the slippery slope. And, and, you know, when I looked at this hire for Isaac Brown, and we kind of touched on it a little bit in the opening segment, it can be perceived in, in two ways. You could look at it and be very thrilled as alumni or as part of the booster club and go, hey, you know, Kevin Saul's coming in here. He's not taking any bleep. Man, if you are not meeting the expectations that are set for Wichita State, your ass is out. At the same time, 
if a coach is interviewing for that job, they may feel the pressure of going, man, do I take this job that, hell, I could have a winning record in all three years and I'm still not making it uh, to year number four. Um, but that's where some teams get caught in a little bit of a, you know, a back and forth, a seesaw, if you will, because when you do set an unrealistic goal, and, and here's the thing, I think what Greg Marshall did in the, the blanking out what year it was, was it 16 and 17 when they went 35 and 1, lost to Kentucky in the second round? I mean, one loss all season. I don't care if you play in the Big 12, the Mountain West, the WCC, the Sun Belt, the Horizon League. Going 35 and 1 is incredibly difficult. That was 2014. 2014, okay, so it was a couple Mm -hmm. years too late there. That's okay. But that is a nearly an unrealistic goal. That just, that happens once in every blue moon. And I know that, you know, Kevin Saul and and the people in the, the, I'm going to call it the front office, the athletic department, the athletic administration, whatever you want to say, I know they're not sitting there going, we need to find somebody that can go 35 and 1. First, First of all, let's be clear. I've got it on really good authority that Kevin Saul doesn't have a committee. It's him. Okay. He he makes it. He makes the decisions, and his circle is really really tight. So it's not like he's bouncing these these ideas off of very many people, if any. But go ahead. And, and you know, with you know Kevin Saul also coming from Murray State, that was another program that had a couple of year runs, even with John ja Morant there, where they won thirty plus games. I think one year they only had one or two losses, were as high as like a four or five seed, something like that. So that expectation is certainly there. I think you could look at a program like Wichita State and say, hey, with the right pieces to get them back on the map, they could win 25-plus games year in and year out. They could near those seasons when they win 30, and especially in a new conference when your top competitor is leaving for the Big 12 in Houston. So it's certainly on the table there. At the same time, though, the expectation shouldn't be, well, in year one or year two, we got to be at 25-plus wins. Not right. Even right. with the, the transfer portal, guys come in, they have new assistants, they bring in their own players. Like It can't always go as smoothly as what we've seen with Jerome Tang and Dennis Gates because what they have going for them, which Wichita State doesn't, is players look at those programs and go, huh, Big 12, SEC. I'm on TV a lot. I'm playing against the best of the best. I'm in sold-out arenas all the time. I get the primetime networks. I'm not playing at, you know, 8 or 9 p.m. against, you know, I know those time periods aren't realistic for playing a team like Tulsa, but maybe you go play South Florida. You're playing um, Mm -hmm. on a Sunday afternoon. You know, sometimes players factor that in or guys transferring over, they factor that in. And it's why it was a bit easier for Jerome Tang and Dennis Gates because when they overhauled the entire roster – they were still playing at big-time schools and big-time conferences. Wichita State, I still consider to be a big-time school, but right now I think they're hurt a little bit by playing in the American that for all this year, right, Houston got a lot of heat for being in the American. And still yesterday got heat for being in the American because the competition level wasn't up there with some of the Power 5 conferences out there in the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC and the Big 10. But Wichita State absolutely has the resources. They have the pieces to turn things around rather quickly. But right now it's a matter of which route do you go, really? Which route do you go with your next coach? Do you get the guy that maybe has passed his prime a little bit, but he's shown he can turn things around? Do you go with a young and upcoming guy that maybe hasn't gotten a crack at a Division One coaching job or a Power 5 job, something like that, but maybe he can turn things around at Wichita State? I mean, which route do you really take? Because of the Isaac- well, And does Booster's check align yeah. with Kevin Saul's attitude? I think that's... That has everything to do with who the next head coach is going to be. That's that's certainly going to be the the main thing to follow here. Or do the the stars align here? Do is there a lot of disagreements? Is there a lot of everybody on board here? Is it a booster here saying, "Hey, I want this guy"? Is there a committee of boosters saying, "Hey, 
this is the guy we all want. This is the guy we would spend money for. And then you yep. go that direction. But it's kind of – I just – and I know we've already gone back to this. You've already said this. To me, this firing is about one year too early because I like what you said about, man, why don't we wait and see what the conference looks like next year and how Isaac Brown could compete in that conference. Because you know with a lot of these names coming off the board – I don't know if they're interested in Wichita State. Like Chris Beard going to Ole Miss, some of those big-name guys, I don't know if they would go to the American. You see a lot of yeah, big-name guys but jumping. Most Im- but most importantly, though, Jack, it, it could have been that somebody that's got really deep pockets said, I'm not going to stand for one more year of this. I don't care what the conference looks like next year. Yeah, and that's a lot of times what it comes down to. And I think that you know, in the situation with Kevin Saul being a brand-new AD here at Wichita State, you want to impress, right? Everybody wants to impress when you first get there. LKU Athletic Director Travis Goff, he immediately came in. They did a coaching hire with Lance Leipold. It took a, a long search and stuff. But ADs, when they come in, sometimes that's the first expectation. That's the first goal. It's you got to, you know, put your footprints here. You got to make yeah. sure that you are known, you are making your presence known. And if Wichita State comes in or Kevin Saul comes in and they go grab an A-plus type of hire and then we're sitting here 365 days from now, Shane, and we're talking about Wichita State in the NCAA tournament, then yeah. bravo. I think they made yeah. the absolute right move. We're not, you know, feeling as much sympathetic anymore for Isaac Brown because Wichita State made the right move. You're hoping he lands on his feet somewhere. But, you know, when colleges move on and it works out for them, you're not really shedding any tears anymore. Right now, I think you feel bad for the guy because you know what? It's a human being. It's a guy that put blood, sweat, and tears into the program and cared a lot about his players, cared a lot about this program. But if you fix things in one year, you make the right hire, and you set yourself up for five or six or seven years of success, that I think is the goal right now. And maybe that is being talked about within the department of, hey, you know, first things first, let's get back to relevancy. Let's get back to 20-plus win seasons. But it's about maintaining that consistency, making sure the success never leaves. Because the drop-off was, I wouldn't say immediate, which does lead after Greg Marshall, because Isaac Brown won you know, the, the regular season conference champ, conference championship. He was, you know, at 16-6, and six, Wichita State made the NCAA tournament. The drop-off wasn't immediate, and it was kind of a steady decline. It wasn't like Wichita State went from 16-6 and six to 8-23, and 23, and then they were completely out of it anymore. I think, though, uh, it was just a time maybe that Wichita State felt like we need the support back. We need the you know, Coke Arena. We need it to be sold out. We need this program to get somewhere back to where they were in the early 2010s to mid-2010s. And that's the whole key, too, beyond uh, the money. If money's no object and Wichita State gets, quote-unquote, the right coach, what are the expectations? What's going to be good enough? What is good enough around here? So it remains to be seen. We need to let you know that uh, you can celebrate St. Patty's all week at Twin Peaks, all the way from now until real St. Patrick's Day, which is Friday. Uh, so celebrate all week east at 21st and Rock, west at Ridden and Taft with Irish whiskey, Guinness beer, and scenic views. They'll be featuring a lingerie costume party and drink specials on some of their favorite festive shots, cocktails, and more. Head into Twin Peaks, east or west. Head in there, St. Patrick's Day, too. That's coming up on Friday. Uh, you can get some green beer. You can wear green in the lodge. And your Twin Peaks girl bring your free order of fried pickles. How about that? So do that on Friday. And all the, all the rest of the week up until then, they got their costume party going on out there. East, 21st and Rock, West, Ridge and Taft, Twin Peaks, never settle. When we come back, we will settle the serial wars on Twitter at ESPN Wichita. It's 1253. 
You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. Since 1933, Envision has been a part of the Wichita community, serving people who are blind or visually impaired and their families. From employment opportunities to child development, rehabilitation, research, and crucial programs for all ages. This year, we celebrate our 90th birthday. We invite you to join our year-long celebration of 90 years of envisioning the possibilities. Visit EnvisionUs.com to wish us a happy birthday and join us in continuing the mission. 100% of your gift directly impacts Envision's programs and services. Thank you, Wichita. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liberella. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's Wooshock Wheat Six Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years, depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting FirstAlert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. It's madness, and that means that baseball season is right around the corner. The Wichita Wind Surge home opener is April 11th, and individual tickets are on sale now. Fans can purchase tickets for their favorite games like Opening Day, Star Wars Night, 3rd of July, and much more. Tickets can be purchased at the box office or at windsurge.com. Season tickets, hospitality, and mini plans are also available. Listen to all the games right here on your home for the Wind Surge, ESPN Wichita. And remember the home opener, April 11th. Well... I hate to shortchange the Twitter segment, but, you know, sorry, Twitter. Had bigger fish to fry today. But, that being said, we have had great, great voter turnout for the final four of the breakfast cereal question. The GOAT breakfast cereal. Last week, we ran a week-long, well, it was Tuesday through Friday, close enough. Um, contest. It started with 16 cereals um, seeded by me, although I didn't um, reveal the seeds on Twitter because I didn't want to influence you one way or the other. But the uh, semifinal winners were Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and Lucky Charms. So those are your finalists today on Twitter. 
please go to ESPN Wichita's Twitter handle. That's where the question is. And we are down to the final four. What's the GOAT breakfast cereal? Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Those are the ones you have to vote on and for, and you've got plenty of time to do it. So please vote, retweet to your tweets so they can vote too, especially since we're now down to the final four. So uh, head on over to at ESPN Wichita on the Twitter machine and uh, vote for the GOAT breakfast cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. At the moment, like you would hope, like I hope, it's pretty close. But my number one overall seed, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, 34.7%. Frosted Flakes, 29.6%. Lucky Charms, 24.5%. And Honey Nut Cheerios, 11.2%. So please head on over there, vote, retweet, and be merry. All right. Uh, coming up in hour two, we've got uh, – need to take a look at the field of 68. I haven't even brought that up yet, but we will. Um, KU, I think even – I'm not a KU guy, but I bet you and I bet old Pat Strothman and any KU honks will disagree with KU getting bumped out of the opportunity to go to Kansas City and at the very least um, or at most – being pissed about not being the number one overall seed in Alabama getting that. I'm not a KU guy, but I concur with both. So we'll discuss KU getting jobbed out of the number one overall seed and the chance to go to Kansas City, plus some Bill Self news, which is good. Uh, We'll also hear from Norm Roberts. He spoke yesterday. So did Jerome Tang. We're going to hear some audio from him. And we also will talk a little bit about... Some, not history being made at Wichita State women's basketball, but kind of, sort of, as they made the WNIT field. And so congratulations to Keitha Adams and the Shocker women. We'll give you some more details on that in just a little while. Also, we encourage you to sign up for our bracket challenge at ESPNWichita.com. Click on Bracket Time. And then you can register or log in if you played along last year. The Bracket Challenge is presented by Dave & Buster's and Trans, Trans, uh, Chance Transmissions. We'll have plenty of cool giveaways for you if you're lucky enough to win or at least come close to winning uh, the Bracket Challenge. you got a little bit of time to, uh, to sign up, but don't wait too long. And if you're thinking about it right now, I might as well go over there and do it. ESPNWichita.com. Click on Bracket Time to register, or you can log in with your last year's login stuff. Uh, I know there are plenty of you guys and gals that played along last year that are already in, but head on over there. Sign up to the Bracket Challenge, ESPNWichita.com. We are right on top of the hour, the Can't Equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. We need to take a look at the field of 68. Who got snubbed? Who's got a tough bracket? And North Carolina said, nah, bro, to the NIT. They're going to pass on that. Some more basketball talk, national basketball talk, coming up next. Shane Dennis Show, it's 101. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.